to hear the letters ALS is about as cruel as a medical diagnosis comes. But you'll hear how in the wake of not one, but two family ALS diagnoses, Doug McConnell, co-founder of A Long Swim, along with his sister Ellen, decided to fight back and are making a real difference in the epicenter of ALS research at Northwestern University in Chicago by raising millions of dollars through open water swims across the world on this episode of Making Our World Better. Welcome to the Making Our World Better podcast, where you will find motivation and encouragement through lively conversations with inspirational people who every day are making our world a better place. Now, here's your host, Jay Clark. Welcome to the podcast. I am Jay Clark, and I'm excited to have a conversation with Doug McConnell, co-founder of A Long Swim, a nonprofit foundation in Illinois formed in 2011 that both borrows the ALS acronym and is dedicated to raising funds for collaborative ALS research using open water and marathon distance swimming. ALS is a disease that has had a profound effect on Doug and his sister, Ellen McConnell, his co-founder of A Long Swim. In 2006, shortly after their father, Dr. David McConnell, was passed away from ALS, Ellen was diagnosed with the same horrific and incurable disease, which she lived with for 12 years. Wow. Since its founding, A Long Swim has raised almost $2 million through its signature swims that have included Doug Swims of the English Channel, Tampa Bay, Catalina Channel, Manhattan Island, the Molokai Channel, and Martha's Vineyard. On top of that, A Long Swim hosts summer open water swims in Lake Michigan, Lake Zurich, and Three Oaks Recreational Area that attract more than 500 open water swimmers per season. Doug has been a competitive swimmer since he was a child and continued mastering the craft through college and after. As captain of the men's swimming team at the University of Illinois, he was most valuable swimmer twice. And a fun fact is he scored more points for Illinois men's swimming than anyone has since World War II. In 2009, he moved from the pool to open water. And I can't wait to unpack all of this. Doug, welcome. And thanks for being here. <laughs> thanks so much, Jay. I, I'm honored to be included. Oh, it's awesome. So, Take us back and, and tell us a little bit about how you and Ellen came up with the idea for a long swim. Oh, yeah. Good question. I, the, you know, we had gone through 12 years of my dad having um, uh, gone through this ALS thing. And, and when he had been diagnosed, um, you know, we knew nothing about the disease. Of course, people call it Lou Gehrig's disease right. and, and so on. And, um, and he was a, he was a big, strong guy and um, it had been a, it was a practicing veterinarian for many, many years. And I remember as a little guy that um, I would go on country calls with him and he would effortlessly move around, you know, just shoulder into a dairy cow or a horse or something, you know, so he's just wow. a really strong, powerful yeah. guy. And, and even after his veterinary practice was uh, small animals, and I'm using air quotes here, you know, yeah. um, you know, muscling up the the Great Danes and the Ger and the German Shepherds of the world, you know, that's no small feat. Right. So when when he started to lose some strength in his arms and shoulders, it was pretty weird. And um, like most most people, um, uh, you know, the the ALS diagnosis is sort of the one that's left after they exclude everything else. Mm. And um, uh, you know, and he told us, he said, "Look, you know, with this diagnosis, actuarially, I've got three to five years." And he said, wow. and, that, and 
He said, and then I either suffocate or starve to death. Ugh. And it was, you know, it hits you like a ton of bricks. And, yeah. and but the one thing that he said when he was first diagnosed was that um, like 90% of the cases, um, this is not something that travels in family. He said, this is a lightning strike mm. and so forth. So it was to reassure my sisters and me and our kids and so forth that this was, wasn't something that, that we were going to have to deal sure. with. Sure. He was, he went out of his way to do that. As it turns out, he way outlived the three to five years. He went yeah, that's... To, uh, 12 years himself. Wow. Um, and, and then as, as luck would have it a few months after he died, um, Ellen was diagnosed. Oh and, my gosh. Um, just a few months. Oh, it was. And, and I, I, on the one hand, I'm sort of glad he did. He never knew that. Yeah. On the other hand, um, you know, we, we knew that we were in for another, you know, shipwreck like we had gone through with uh, him. When you deal with a, 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 a disease, a diagnosis for which there is no cure, yeah, that there's that, that feeling of powerlessness that you just can't even, you know, which was what the, what the, the diagnosis of cancer was a generation ago or two generations true. ago. You know, you just don't know how to even kind of, yeah. Put it into context. That's right. So I remember talking to Ellen and we and we said, you know, we got to do something here. Here are the these great researchers right here in Chicago at Northwestern. They're doing you know, the world class work. So there wasn't anything that we could really do for the research itself other than provide funds. And so we started to brainstorm a little bit about how how we could raise money and, and so on. Um, and again, swimming was kind of the, something that she and I had shared. In fact, uh, the, she was a, a, a very gifted swimmer and was the reason that I became one is oh, just wow. tagging along with her as little, you know, when we were little ones, yeah. we started to brainstorm a little bit and I thought, well, what if we, what if we could, um, kind of bake in this, this open water idea mm -hmm. and using all of your muscles as the, as you know, in a, as a contrast to the ALS patient who loses all their muscles yeah. and so forth and use swimming kind of as the ultimate defiance of this dread, dreadful disease. Right. So it was, it was actually Ellen who came up with the idea of borrowing the ALS, uh, ALS acronym to come up with a long swim. And it, it's, that's where it all started. So well, that's so cool because it's it's honoring not only your father working in three and honoring your relationship with your sister, too. So talk a little bit of, uh, more about that. I love I read, you know, your thing where you connect ALS and swimming with the muscles and the breathing and everything yeah. else. So talk about that yeah. a little bit. It's, a, it's such you know, a horrible, horrible no. disease. Cruel, cruel, cruel. exactly. Cruel. And it, you know, and it seems like, and, 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 and different patients have different, you know, progressions of the disease sure. and all the rest of the stuff. Well, the, the, the powerful veterinarian who, who gets to the point where he can't feed himself, Ugh. the, the, um, you know, the opera singer who can no longer draw breath or the, um, uh, well, Ellen was not only a, a, a very strong, very good swimmer as a, as a little, as a really through her teens, um, but in her thirties decided to be a marathon runner. And oh, so geez. didn't, you know, and, and she ran a three thirty marathon in her wow. mid thirties. 
And, yes. you know, and to the point where she was, you know, stuck in a wheelchair. The disease stages kind of hit different people, different muscle groups and that sort of thing. But it all kind of stems from the disruption of the signals from your brain to the various muscle groups. And whether it is to, you know, move your hand or you know, take a step forward or digest food, if there's something that gets disrupted in that signal from the brain to the muscle group. Wow. And um, so, and of course, swimming, the cliche has always been, well, you have to use all the muscles of the body to, uh -huh. you know, to swim and so uh -huh. forth. And there's a lot of truth to it. I mean, mm -hmm. compared with other um, uh, sports and that sort of thing, it, it really was the kind of perfect contrast and um, and kiss off to this, this horrible disease. And, you know, and while the patients gradually lose their ability to use those muscles, by God, we were going to use them all. Wow. So that's, that's where the whole thing started, Jay. And it, and, and it just kind of, it kind of blew up from there. Go back a little bit. You guys have this idea to, to combine several passions, your passion for swimming, your passion for your father, your passion for your sister. Was there really kind of an aha moment when it's like, hey, this might work and we might actually be able to raise money for this? There was. So I had started, um, I was a swimmer from when I was a six-year-old or, uh -huh. you know, little, little guy and stuff like that. Was able to, you know, spend my life as a, as a pool swimmer and, and so forth. And as I, as I got older, the, um, I, I started to do some, uh, some open water stuff. Um, I've got a, I've got a cousin-in-law, a very close, uh, 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 guy who's married with, to one of my cousins who was a really gifted athlete, was a college football player and so forth. And he got into triathlon uh -huh. and, um, and, 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 and uh, like many triathletes, uh, Don's, um, least strong sport is swimming. And so right. he and I had worked a little bit on his swimming and, and so forth. And, um, and there was a, there was an open water swimming event that was kind of near us. And, and Don called up and he said, yeah, I'm going to do this because I really need the training time. Why don't you come with me? And I thought, nah, forget about, you know, this. <laughs> and so, so he kind of, um, he kind of upped the ante to the point that there was a free breakfast included. And I uh. thought, okay, you know, let's go. <laughs> so we had great fun at the, at this event and <clears throat> the, um, and so I started doing some of these other open water swims and then rivers and lakes and stuff around here and really having a lot of fun it was an excuse to keep training. And I, that was always a, that I love that part of it. Time sort of goes on. And yeah. I remember uh, one of the fellows that, um, uh, that I did a lot of training with, we, uh, Susan and I were over at their house for um, uh, uh, wine one night. It was a summer evening. And, uh, and he had the idea about the English channel and which at that point was, you know, this mind blowing, how right. can you think about such a thing? And the, you know, the more we talked about it, the more it sounded, the more wine we drank, the more the, <laughs> the better it sounded, you know. Oh, that's and, a long way from a 50 meter pool. Yeah, no kidding. Oh. But, but it was, you know, but the, but as you get away from that pool yeah. the, and into open water, there are, you know, just everything changed. Of course, it helps to be a good pool swimmer, but yeah. there, it just reintroduces all the variables that the pool takes away. And it's um, you really don't know where you're going. And all of a sudden, there's all these other variables. There's darkness and there's waves right. and there's 
wind and and cold and um, as you get into big bodies of water, there's wildlife to contend with, yeah. and, you know, and things like that. So it was it was just a whale of a challenge. And um, so we started to talk about the English Channel. And here, you know, kind of on a parallel track, Ellen and I were talking about uh, using open water uh, swimming with, with to support ALS. And all of a sudden, just these worlds started to collide. And I thought, what if you could put together a an English Channel swim, use it as a a, a, a way to build awareness and and funds, uh, right. raise funds for ALS research, and um, uh, boy, it just all kind of came together. So I have to ask: it's it's the middle of the night. You're freezing. Your body screaming at you. Was there ever a time where it's like this sounded like a really good idea? <laughs> but, oh my gosh i just you know what 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 is the drive to keep to make it to the end of that well it's you know there's there is this this hopeless selfishness of doing these swims of, of, of my, the swims that i've done um you know there is a real selfishness about them i mean i take on a challenge i want to knock down the challenge i'm able to um to control all these things that are within my you know with the control the things yeah. you can control there is there's nothing quite so again selfish and fulfilling about being able to finish one of these swims at the same time i mean the fulfillment of of raising this, these, this money and, and stuff like that is, um, uh, you know, you've re- you really feel like you've got a, a bigger purpose in it and, um, and, and so forth. And the number of donors that I, you just can't even imagine the, the graciousness of people saying, I, I knew your dad, I, I, you know, I, I knew your, I knew your sister. I, I, I just want to follow along. I, you know, and, and so forth. It's, uh, uh, it's, it, it, you know, it just, it just, it just sort of builds its own momentum. Wow. And um, there's a, there's a funny technology, Jay, that we use that um, it's a, it's a, a, a GPS homing device is what it amounts to. And it's not actually, they don't, you don't put it on the swimmer, you put it on the escort boat that's, you know, with the swimmer. Uh-huh. And, um, and it sings, sends out this little ping every 10 minutes, I think it is, where somebody on a computer, you go to a website and so forth, and you can uh-huh. kind of track this thing along as you, and, you know, and pe- hikers use it and people who are, traveling alone they put one in their car just so their loved ones know where they you know do they really make it to pittsburgh you know and um so we use it for swimming and um and it's been it's been so interesting you know you turn this thing on when you start the swim and people get involved and they're watching the 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 little ping and and so forth and people have told me you know they they count down on their watch when the next little beeper Uh. is going to come up and stuff like that and these swims go on for 10 12 15 hours Uh. and you know and people are coming back and watching this little this little um homing device and and so forth and i remember after one of our swims i think it may have been the catalina swim uh, I was talking to Ellen and, and, um, uh, and she said, you know, nothing about open water swimming will ever be a spectator sport. She said, but that, <laughs> but that little beacon really helps. <laughs> ah, that's great. So do you remember 
the first time you made a contribution to Northwestern for ALS research or your first, the first time you contributed funds? Yes, is the short answer. And, and at the time we were, we were working with another ALS foundation here in the Chicago area. And, um, and we had wanted to, you know, raise money for research and so forth. And Northwestern actually has three ALS labs that are, are sort of focused on labs that are focused on ALS research in their medical school. And, um, and we met one of the, as we, as we kind of went through the, the process and met the researchers and, and so forth, there was one of the, one of the, the research labs is, is headed up by a woman um, and she just knocked my head off. And I'll tell you, I sat with her and, uh, I, I and I listened to her science, and frankly, she kind of lost me on part of it. But um, <laughs> we we went through this thing, and I remember getting to the end of that meeting and saying, you know, Hande, I have um, her name is Hande Ozdenler. She's mm-hmm. Turkish, and she's a lovely person. We got to the end of the of the meeting, and I said, you know, I've been around inspirational people, inspirational women, specifically my whole life. And I said, boy, you have sold me. And I said, and at the time, we were still talking about the English Channel and so forth. And I said, I don't know if we're going to make it across. I don't know if we're going to raise a nickel. But whatever we raise, we are pushing all the chips across the table to you. Oh, and, that's awesome. um, and, and it's and it's been it has been so rewarding to be able to to do that now for 10, 11 years, whatever it is. And. For, for the first few years, we would go to her kind of at the end of the year and say, um, you know, uh, you know, this year it looks like we're going to be able to send you 80 grand or, a, you know, what a hundred thousand, whatever right. the number is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is not this is not multi-million stuff that we can that we're doing every year. And so we would go to her and say, look, is there a project that in your lab that that is that is, you know, that needs a little shot of starter fluid. Is there, you know, maybe a, you know, get it going a little bit. Uh-huh. Um, and, um, and, it, and then if it turns out that it really is promising, then we can go to bigger donors. We can, yeah. you know, NIH and some of these other uh, yeah. you know, big check writers and really get it going. And um, so she would always find something that, that just kind of fit that, that mold. And, um, and we would get it going and it, um, and it was really fun to watch these little projects start to uh, flourish. A couple of them fizzled out, and um, the um, and now fast forward how many years? One of them uh, was a project that she collaborated right with the um, the undergrad school, the chemistry department at Northwestern. And son of a gun, if they didn't come up with a where they reviewed fifty thousand compounds wow and um came up with one of these compounds that not only and stops the damage to these upper motor neurons which is the signaling from the brain to the muscles not only does it stop the damage in some cases it reverses the damage and um i mean this is an absolute game changer now that compound is starting to go through the chairs at fda and um so there's a there's some there's a real neat 
um, a sort of horizon for this uh, for this thing. And again, it was we had sort of followed this what I call the venture capital model of yeah. investing in the early stage idea uh-huh. and so forth. And um, um, so as as time went on, I remember one year we we talked to Hyundai, had the same conversation. You know, we can send you 100, whatever the number was that year. And um, and she said, you know what I really need is another person and another sort of postgraduate fellow level person and and so forth. So what we we started was a fellowship um, to support that to support that role. And, um, and we, it, we, <laughs> uh, we named it after my sister. It's uh, nice. The, it, and so we're able to call that the guy, the, the Ellen fellow, uh, nice. but, uh, uh, which if Ellen had been around, she would have been crazy mad, which makes it even better. <laughs> so we, yeah, we named it after Ellen. Well, that's awesome. And I think that's a great lesson for any, any nonprofit leader is this, this kind of venture capital model that you don't have to have a ginormous investment to start. And it, and it goes back to one of my favorite quotes, you know, you don't have to be great to start, but you have to start to be great. So (laughs) I I love all that. So what really makes you excited uh, to keep doing this? It's got to be breakthroughs like this have to be really motivating. You know, I'm telling you, it just, the it, it you get you get sort of pulled into this excitement and enthusiasm on this on these research projects and golly it's just it's hard not to get um to sort of share that enthusiasm yeah. and that excitement and and so forth there was a there was a um a drug that was approved by FDA three weeks ago or this month and, and it was the first it was the first ALS drug that had been released in 35 years wow and so and it was and it was specifically I mean, you remember the ice bucket challenge yep which was from 2014 i mean it's now eight years ago yeah but, um i mean it was just an avalanche of money mm-hmm. and um and some of that money ended up being earmarked for research and and so forth and and some of the ice bucket money is what really kick-started this this compound that was just approved a few a couple of weeks ago. And, um, but the, um, and then there are three or four more things that are right behind it in FDA and, and nice. so forth. So, I mean, there is, I mean, the, 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 the progress that they're making is just unbelievable. And, um, and it's really a, it's really a good time to be involved and, and, um, uh, in this disease and other neurodegenerative diseases and and so forth, uh, there was a, a a bill that was passed now a year ago through Congress and signed by President Biden and and so forth called Act for ALS, <clears throat> which is you know essentially going to provide ice bucket money for every year for the next five or six years. Wow. I mean, so so things are really turning around and and um, the um, I mean, this is progress like you just can't even imagine. So it's a a good time to be optimistic about about uh, finding a cure for ALS. Well, speaking of being optimistic, I I think this is you're on a narrow road because somebody who has had to deal with this not once, but twice, um, you know, to take that and really turn it into something good, I, I think is the narrow road because that's not, that's not human nature. And, and I applaud you for that, but how would you, 
coach somebody through something like this, if they receive this kind of news, somebody who's received it twice, yeah, you know, yeah. this news that, oh my God, you've got this, this cruel, horrific disease, but you still have a chance to do something good and, and, you right. know, and, and create something positive. How would you coach somebody through, through that? Because again, like you're saying, you know, your dad's this big superhero guy, right. And, and this <laughs> disease chopped him down and then your sister. So it's like, it's hard. I'm just fascinated by how you've taken that defeat and turning it into victory. Yeah, I the um, uh, I think you may be giving me more credit than I uh, that I well, do. The, but no, no. But the, I mean, the point is, it's that, the road less you know, traveled for sure. Well, maybe so. But it but it starts out. Um, I mean, to borrow that analogy, it starts out with a single step where you say, I mean, this news we've just heard, it just sucks. Right. And I mean, it just it's this the most dreadful thing you can you can imagine. And, um, and it is, you know, when you go through, remember from psychology class, mm-hmm. there are, I don't know, four or five stages of grief where there's right. denial and there's anger and there's, right. I don't know, all the rest of it. And you finally get to the end where you say, okay, the boat sank, you know, grandma died, whatever it was, that was the horrible thing. And you sort of, you're kind of, you kind of, uh, deal with that grief. Well, um, you know, I think on this one, we may have we may have been stuck in anger and, um, uh, you know, whatever that, sure. that stage is. And, um, you know, and you just put your foot down and say, by God, we're going to do something about this. And, and, and within the scope of our capabilities and all the rest of that stuff, um, you know, let's raise some money. I, you know, and it's just, yeah. it's just something to make you feel better about this, this, you know, really cruddy hand that you've been dealt. Yeah. And um the um I, and I'll tell another Ellen story. Um we we um we were working with this other foundation here in Chicago, the Les Turner Foundation, which is first rate. Um and um and one day we were kind of pitching this idea to the foundation. And so we we went over there and big got a big conference room and boy, they really filled it with people and and so forth. Ellen was with me and and so on. And um, so we get, we get through the whole presentation and boy, they couldn't have been more excited about it and, and so on. And the, and we get to the end and the, and the executive director asks, um, it, it was kind of the end of the meeting. She asks the most logical question ever. And I was embarrassed because I hadn't thought of it. I, I hadn't even <laughs> thought about this and so forth, but we get to the end of the presentation and she said, well, wonderful idea. How much money do you think you can raise? Uh-huh. And I, I, and again, I was stammering because I mean, what a, that's the most logical question yeah. in the world. And I hadn't even thought about it. So I spun her for a while and I finally said, well, I think we can raise $50,000. And she thought that was terrific. It was a great answer. Blah, 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 blah. Meeting is over. Everybody, yeah. you know, we sort of all shook hands and went on <laughs> our way. We get down. And I was helping Ellen down to the car. She was in a chair at the time and, you know, had to pack the full yeah. wheelchair and all the rest of the stuff. Well, I hadn't I hadn't even slammed the door shut. And Ellen is looking at me saying, where in the hell do you think you can raise 50 grand? And I, I had no idea. Dude. So, uh, but she really she really ate me up on that one. 
and um, and then as it turns out, by the time um, you know, many years later, she we, we, it was shortly before she passed away, and I reminded her of that story. Yeah. That, <laughs> and of course, at that point, we'd raised many many times more than that. Yeah. But it was, um, you know, it really gets you going, and you just have to sort of start, and you know, and it and where you start is inevitably going to be different from where you, where you travel or where you end up. And, um, you know, Hey, what a great idea, you know, and, and boy, there's a million twists and turns and, and, and failures. And, um, and, you know, I think along that way, you also have to acknowledge that often in hindsight, wow, we really got lucky on, fill in the blank, whatever it yeah. was. And, um, the, you know, and you just, you just sort of muscle through. Well, I'm a, I'm a big believer that you make your own breaks like that. And when you work hard, Maybe things so. will, things will go your way. So, uh, just to change gears just a little bit, can you tell us, tell us one of your favorite, uh, stories from one of your swims? I, I will. And I, the, there's the, gotta be a, that's gotta be a list as long as your arm. So oh to make God, you pick one is, is hard. <laughs> <laughs> I will indeed. And I, and I remember I told you a while ago about the, about the idea of the English channel swim mm-hmm. came up over drinks one night and, you know, and it's a, a crazy sort of brainstorm, you know, spitballing kind of uh, thoughts and so forth. And the, and the, and the much more important conversation was uh, a day or so later when uh, I sat down with Susan, my wife, and I said, look, this English Channel thing is, uh, this is nuts. And um, <laughs> we're never the, drinking wine again. Well, there's answer number one right there. <laughs> and, uh, and so I said, look, you know, this is, a, I, I have no idea what kind of undertaking this is. I mean, between training and 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 time away and yeah. and and and, the, and, the, and I happened to mention sacrifice to our family, and <clears throat> so she let me kind of go through this whole thing and and so forth, which concluded with, you know, this English Channel thing has not been a bucket list item for me. Yeah. If, if you think we should pass, let's do something else. And and she who's not a swimmer, she came up with a a perfect response, which was, you know, if this is something you think you can do, you probably ought to go do it. And uh, she said, and you're going to need a team of people to help, whether it's on the escort boat or managing that little beeper device Mm -hmm. or whatever it is, you're going to need a team and we've got a whole mess of kids. And so what a great opportunity for our family ah. to be able to coalesce around this thing. Let's use the kids as our team and, you know, see where it goes. And um, boy, oh boy, it just made all the difference. And um, so, of course, she was the, the lock favorite for the team leader. She's yeah. really the CEO. And um, but getting the kids at, 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 at the time we swam England was the kids were in uh, sort of junior high through college. And uh, we have four kids and it's a fabulous um, good fortune of having a wonderful family. 
but the um, but everybody kind of came to it from a little bit of a different perspective. And um, and it was very clear as time went on and we trained together and worked on these things and did different swims and so forth, how everybody sort of viewed their role or, or settled into their role as a teammate. Yeah. And um, the and it was just a lot of stories that came out of that. One of them was um, the when you do these swims you are burning through calories like crazy, oh my gosh. And, um, especially in cold water. I was going to say, just trying to keep your body temperature up. Right. Right. And it's um, the, they tell you to budget for uh, sort of 1200 to 1400 calories an hour. An hour. And, oh yeah. So, um, and we use a, we use a, um, a, a custom formula. It's a company down in Cincinnati called infinite nutrition that is um, amazing stuff. And they let you customize these, you know, for all the different variables of the event you're doing, whether it's triathlon or swimming or whatever. And then even within swimming, you can customize for cold water and, or, you know, warmer water and and stuff like that. So um, the, and then, and then most swimmers um, will, will, will stop for a feeding every 30 minutes or so. Some, you know, faster cycle, some slower yeah. cycle, but 30 minutes was kind of the feeding cycle we fell into. Yeah. And, um, so one of our early swims was, um, was that Tampa Bay swim where you swim the length of, of Tampa Bay and, and so forth, and was really kind of our shakedown crews to get all the teamwork and the, and the, rest all the coordination together and the rest. Yeah. So we had looked at this, at these different feeding systems that people used. And one that we really liked was something we'd, we'd seen where they had a long stick where there was a, 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 a telescoping pole where they, they would hand, oh, and one of the rules is that the swimmer can't touch the boat or anybody on the uh, boat. So the, so the people on the boat have to, have to figure out how to hand you this, right. this drinker thing. And um, so we started out with this basket that the boys had come up with. And one of them, uh, we, the first one we tried didn't work because the basket filled up with water. And then we, we tried a, a basket that was that had holes in it and stuff like that. And then one of them said, well, for the, for the pole, what if we used a, um, a paint roller extension pole? Like, if, <laughs> like if you were a paint yeah. roller, you know, rolling uh-huh. the paint on a ceiling. And boy, that worked out swell and, and, and so forth. So we, we, um, uh, for that Tampa Bay swim, we had the paint roller with the basket on it or paint roller extension <laughs> thing with the basket on it. And so forth. worked great. And, uh, and so of all of the variables that you worry about, you thought, you know, I thought, well, we really got this thing nailed. We've you know, no. the boys figured out this paint roller thing and we, you know, and so we take this, we take this contraption to England with us and, um, and we're getting ready to, to, um, uh, to do the swim and and it, everything was kind of all hurried up. It was the day after we arrived and everybody was you oh, know, it, it was still jet lagged and stuff yeah. like that. <laughs> so we arrive and and that was the first time we met our boat pilot. And um, we get there and I introduced Lance to to all the kids and he was sort of you know kids are doing this and what's yeah. the, you know and um, and so he asked the, he Lance the boat pilot asked the question about, well, 
what's the feeding system? What what kind of a, a feeding <laughs> process do we have? And the boys were real proud. They had, here's our payroller extension pole, yeah. and here's our basket, and all the rest of the stuff. And this was a conversation that didn't even include me. Yeah. And um, so Lance apparently just shook his head. My son, Billy, tells this story. And he said, Lance just shook his head and kind of, you know, thought, oh, God, you guys. He said, it is so wavy out there. Fellas. I was going to say the chop is. <laughs> he said, you know, you stick that pole out there. You're liable to kill your dad. Said, <laughs> you you got to come up with something else because that ain't going to. Oh, work. geez. And so. You know, the, and the boys knew that if we didn't get the feeding figured out, this swim, the you know, a long swim was right. going to be a short swim. <laughs> and um, so without even telling me, they came up with a way to um, to use um, uh, there was some some uh, a lanyard. There was some line on the boat and. And the, the duct tape was involved. I don't know what all, <laughs> and um, and so forth. So anyway, I, I again, I knew nothing about this. So I'm swimming along. I start the swim. I, I you know, the waves are right. starting to pick up. I'm getting slapped around a little bit, and um, the horn goes off for the first feeding. And all of a sudden, they toss me. I'm expecting the stick down the, the pole. Basket. Right, right, right. And um, all of a sudden, they toss me this this drinker on the end of a long rope and I, I, you know, I'm drinking the thing and stuff like that. I said, what happened to the basket? <laughs> yeah. And the boys said, we had just had to change it. Lance told us we had to change it. Uh, and so, um, and again, I knew nothing of this backstory, but, but again, from a teamwork standpoint, here are a couple of guys who really know what the goal is. I mean, what yep. we're trying to do is swim to France. Right. And, you know, part of their job is to make sure I get these calories every 30 minutes. Right. And the the way we had figured it out and we'd established this thing was a non-starter. So as because they they knew what the the ultimate goal was, they yeah. came up with, a, 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 you know, a, a, a solution, <laughs> you know, a, a stopgap and some the of the fly. gun it didn't work perfectly. Oh, and, that's awesome. Um, so it's, I mean, these are the kind of teammates you want to have. Yeah. And everybody's on board. And man, oh man, it just worked beautifully. That story will be told in the McConnell family for generations. <laughs> <laughs> uh, last couple for you. Here's one that's a little, little uh, change of gears is tell me what's something you will read, listen to, or watch today. Yeah, good question. Uh, the you know I've really fallen in love with these podcasts, and I, I, in fairness, before I was introduced to you by Kurt, I, I didn't know about your work, and boy, I've listened to a number of them, and I've really enjoyed them. Oh, um, thank but you. The, um, uh, there are a lot of really interesting podcasts that are out there, and yep. you know, of course, some of them are from swimmers, and some of them are from this and that business-oriented ones. Yep. Um, I'm an investment banker, and so there's no shortage of people who are expert at, uh, at that and and so forth. But um, uh, I um, uh, there's a it's a it's a bit of a drive between here and my mother's home. My mother's still alive, and we kind of help manage her. And, and, um, so that's a perfect opportunity to punch into a podcast and nice. I really like them. Nice. Yeah. I think I might know the answer to this one, but who's been a role model for you in, in doing your work with a long swim. 
Susan herself, my wife, um, also manages a nonprofit that she had started. It's nice. called Let It Be Us, and um, and it helps children in the in the foster care system, starting with Illinois, but I mean in the in the foster care system, find permanent homes. Wow! And um, it's a you know the child welfare world is. It, it can really be upside down sometimes summer. and man, oh man, have they come up with great solutions. And, um, uh, she started it seven or eight years ago and it's, it's really changing the face of child welfare. I just That's couldn't awesome. be more proud of what she's doing. And there are so many analogs, Jay, between what, what let it be us is doing and things that a long swim, well, I'll tell you, I mean, we just steal shamelessly those ideas and um, <laughs> uh, and it's and they're fabulous. I mean, it really has been an amazing um, coalition. That's awesome. And, you know, I've learned a little bit about when kids age out of the foster system, how the percentage that end up homeless is it's horrific. Oh, it's unspeakable. unspeakable. Yeah, unspeakable. And so it, that's yeah, awesome. And one of the programs they've come up with addresses that issue specifically. And it's um uh, you know, to helping these kids find employment and, and uh, to figure out how to get a car and, and um, if, if you just sit for an interview, I mean, it's just, like, yeah. you know, blocking so and much tackling kinds of kinds of jobs. Yeah, blocking and, and tackling. That's tasks. true. Yeah. Last one. If anybody wants to learn more about a long swim, sign up, support, write you a check. How do they find you? Well, speaking of being shameless, how's that? The um, uh, our website is um, uh, alongswim.org, uh, and um, uh, and of course the donate here button is shamelessly um, uh, all over the place. But it um, uh, no, I mean I think that I think um, you know I I really am honored to uh, to have this thing, and it's um, it's it's gone well beyond where we thought it would be. But, um, uh, you know, we're not going to we're not going to stop swimming until there's a cure. And um, I've said that, um, uh, you know, I know it'll be my last swim with the person who meets me when we when we get to a far shore someplace is an ALS survivor. Uh, and um, uh, boy, that'll be the day, won't it? That'll be the day. Well, awesome. Keep up the great work. Uh, Two million and counting breakthroughs coming. Um, it's all great. Doug, I'm, I'm honored that you would join me today. Thanks so much. Well, thank you, Jay. This has been terrific. Thanks for listening. This podcast has been brought to you by JC Charity and Event Services. If you're interested in how I might be able to bolster your efforts and help your team achieve its goals, I'd love to have a conversation with you. Find me at makingourworldbetter.com. To learn more about A-Long Swim, and how you can support this inspiring organization in its fight against ALS, visit alongswim.org. You can find links in the show notes, and if you enjoyed this podcast, we'd be grateful if you'd share it with a friend. Until next time, I hope you're inspired to find a way to make our world better. Thank you.